Lights, camera, action. Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. It is officially December, and Christmas is right around the corner. So it is time that we start our four weeks of Christmas movies, and I'm stoked about it. I'm so excited. I love Christmas movies. Uh, Today, we're going to be covering one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies. I I would say it's probably tied for my favorite Christmas movie. Really? With what? Um, Elf. I could have guessed that. Uh, I mean, it's just an all-time classic. This one holds a special sentimental value to me, which we can jump into later, but we are going to be covering none other than Home Alone today. So I am very excited about this, and take us away. All right, so Home Alone was released before you and I were born. Yes. On November 16th, 1990. It was directed by Chris Columbus, but it was it's... It's a John Hughes movie. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Catherine O'Hara, John Hurd, John Candy, and Roberts Blossom. Love John Candy. I know he only has a little cameo in here, and but he is so funny. Yes. And I just, I don't know. I, I love him. Wish he had a bigger role in this movie, although he only did this movie as a favor to John, mm-hmm. uh, John Hughes. And we'll talk about that more later. Yes. But anyways, love you, John Candy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This movie was distributed by 20th Century Studios. It has a runtime of one hour and 43 minutes. It is rated PG. It had a budget of $18 million and a box office total of $476.7 million. That's crazy. That is a big profit margin. Yes. Business is booming. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's what they were thinking anyways. <laughs> um, so I have a ton of fun facts and I probably could have kept going, but I ended up stopping myself because there's just so much. Yes. It's a, cra- it's a classic. Yeah, it is a classic. This movie is loaded with uh, great production details, great fun facts. And um, there is a great episode of the movies that made us on Netflix. That is, uh, I think it's like a half hour, maybe an hour long Uh, dedicated solely to this film. So if that's of interest to you, uh, go check that out. We did not watch that in preparation for this. However, we both have seen it, I don't know, probably like three years ago or so, somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is very good. So I would highly recommend it. Yes. Um, So my first uh, fun facts or whatever are just like casting details mostly. So, um, the first one is that Chris Farley actually auditioned to place the Santa Claus. Yes. I couldn't believe that when I was doing research, um, because it's such a minor role, Yeah, which I guess at the time, Chris Farley wasn't like a huge star yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was still, I was Chris Farley on SNL at nine or in 1990. I don't know if it, don't when know. he was, I don't know either. Um, but Anyways, um, he wasn't a huge star yet, but um, he did audition for that uh, Santa Claus Mm -hmm. imposter, I think is how Mm -hmm. they have it listed on the movie. But basically the guy that uh, Kevin goes up to and is like, hey, Mm -hmm. and wishes for his family back. Um, But Chris Columbus was not impressed by Chris Farley. Yeah, he didn't end up getting the role. Yeah, I find that shocking. I know. I thought the same thing. Um, and then my next one is that the role of Uncle Frank was actually written for Kelsey Grammer, but he ended up not 
being able to yeah, do the movie. Yeah, I think he had a shooting conflict, which yes. prevented him, which, I I mean, I think um, who ended up getting cast for Uncle Frank? Um, I, I don't remember. It's not super important because it's a minor role, but he does a great job as Uncle Frank, so I have mm-hmm. no problem with it, but I do love Kelsey Grammer. I have a personal soft, soft spot for him because he played Beast in the X-Men movies, um, and I love Beast. Um, he did a great job as him, but then also, rumor has it that Kelsey Grammer is coming back to uh, because the X-Men are coming back to the MCU, and oh, he's going to play Beast. So nice. I'm actually... I heard that he shows up in a post-credit scene of a movie, so I'm stoked about it. <laughs> um, well, to answer your question, Uncle Frank was played by Jerry Bamman, I think is how you say his last name. Good enough for me. <laughs> okay, and then my next fact is that John, how do I say how do I say his last name? Lovitz. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I and tell you. and uh, Robert De Niro were in consideration to be the burglars. Um, Joe Pesci was actually the third choice to play Harry after those two. Yeah. Which I find that extremely hard to believe. I mean, sure. Robert De Niro would have been phenomenal. He's a great actor in everything that he does. Um, and John or Jonathan Lovitz. Um, I think that's how you say his name. I'm not for sure. I think so too, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, he's also great. I've seen him in uh, plenty of movies too. The first one that comes to mind is the bench warmers. Um, but I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine anybody else in this role just because Joe Pesci does a phenomenal job of mm-hmm. not only, I think, maintaining kind of a, a seriousness in a children's film mm-hmm. as kind of being intimidating and a robber and whatnot. But additionally, he also like the, I guess, kind of Looney Tunes cartoony uh, cursing. Like he's he's not cursing, but he kind of sounds like Yosemite Sam where he's just like, you know, speaking in, in just this mumble uh, mm-hmm. jargon kind of like um the i can't remember his name off the top of my head but the dad in a christmas story yes yes same thing it like he does a really good job of doing that and it, it's hard for me to picture anybody else in that role mm-hmm. which um speaking of that he actually apparently had a really bad habit of cursing on set yeah and so like he ended up having to you know just do that gibberish stuff um yeah as instructed by the director. Right. Well, and he also said he didn't want to be doing that around uh, McCauley, which Mm -hmm. I don't remember how old he would have been at the time, but I can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So. So my next fact is that snow actually was not in the budget, but then there was a blizzard and it covered the set in snow because I mean, they were, they didn't have like the sound stage, you know, it was an actual house that they were shooting at. So they ended up having to get. Well, it was both. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. But I'm talking about like the house. Okay. Sorry. Um, and so they had to get snow machines for the rest of the filming just to kind of match, you Maintain know, the, yes. uh, uh, I don't know the scenery. Yeah. Um, and on that note at the very end, when it starts snowing at Kevin's house, yeah, that was fake snow made from mashed potato flakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Um, my next one is that Joe Pesci. Um, kind of like we were talking about earlier, um, he also avoided Macaulay Culkin on set because he wanted him to actually be afraid of him. So that yeah. way, like his character, like portrayal yeah. would make it seem like he was really afraid of Harry. Yeah. Wanted to maintain the integrity of kind of that dynamic relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. 
Um, my next one is that the movie that is playing when Kevin is hiding from the pizza guy, which was called Angels with Filthy Souls, um, was not a real movie. Yes, it was, and I I did not know that for the longest time. I didn't either. I I found that out. I think whenever we watched that uh, the movies that were made or the movies that made us thing on netflix i think Mm -hmm. was the first time i found it out you Mm -hmm. know however many years ago that was probably 2018 17 but i always just thought it was an old uh, it was a real movie yeah but it was specifically shot for this movie yeah um next the boy who plays fuller the kid who wets the bed is actually macaulay culkin's brother in real life yes and daniel stern who played marv at first, which I I thought this was the opposite. Okay, so I always thought, because I swear I read it somewhere. Maybe I just imagined it. I don't know. Or maybe I was thinking of a different movie. But I always thought that um, when the tarantula is on his face, yeah, he fake screamed to not scare the tarantula. And then they added the sound of him screaming in post. Yep. But I guess I was completely wrong or made that up or something because... He was very reluctant about screaming with the tarantula on his face. And he even asked the crew, this was his quote, to remove the spider's stinger. I don't know <laughs> what that means. But yeah. um, they said no, because it would make the spider die. Oh, uh, okay. So, um, luckily... I'm assuming he's referring to its fangs. I'm guessing so. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but luckily, and I didn't know this, but tarantulas don't have ears and so he eventually agreed to scream with the tarantula on his face and he was completely fine obviously okay that's interesting (laughs) yeah and i even looked it up and it's true they don't have ears that's wild yeah i did not i didn't know that about tarantulas and i definitely didn't know that about that scene just that like he didn't want to do it because he was afraid he would get bit or stung Stung. you know whatever (laughs) um but I, that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I love that scene. Um, and then another one about um, Daniel Stern is that the ornaments that he steps on. Oh, gosh. I hate that scene. That scene makes me cringe horrible. and I almost can't watch it every time. That one and the nail through the foot. I can't watch either of those. I can watch that one. Oh, I and can't. <laughs> I will say, honestly, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, my original career, was, I worked in a hospital. I was a respiratory therapist. I am no longer. I had a career change, but I've seen a lot of horrific, and I mean truly horrific stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, just I, like I won't go into any detail, but just very raw, you know, emergency care, intensive care units. That's what I worked in. And so I, I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. There's a lot of stuff like whether it's video game violence or movies, you know, that like it doesn't bother me because it looks like, even though people are like, wow, it looks so realistic. Like having seen the real stuff, that stuff doesn't bother me. But that scene specifically, when he steps on those ornaments makes me cringe every time. Mm -hmm. Well, you can cringe no longer because the, the ornaments that he steps on are made out of candy. So they didn't hurt his feet. Well, I, I bet they still hurt. I would have assumed (laughs) that they they were probably like sugar glass. Probably. But that stuff still hurts. Is my understanding. Like it's fragile and it breaks And but I've heard that sugar glass still Mm -hmm. can be painful. 
Um, so my next one is that, um, and I think everybody probably knows this, that the Home Alone house is a real house in Illinois that you can go to. Um, but the people who lived there continued living there even during the five months of filming. Wow. Um, they just had to mainly stay confined in like the main bedroom and like just kind of had to stay there while they shot all their scenes. But yeah, they just, they kept living. That's cool. So um next during one take where harry is biting kevin's finger you know when he's like got him hung up on the door joe pesci actually bit macaulay culkin's finger and broke the skin in one take yeah and macaulay still has the scar to this day yeah isn't that crazy (laughs) (laughs) i guess uh joe was committed to doing it for real yeah yeah okay um the BB gun scene where yes, uh, Marv is sticking his head through the doggy door. Um, they actually ended up having to add some animation in because so in an interview, Chris Columbus said that here's his quote. It said, we paid a guy living in his mother's basement in Chicago $600 to hand paint that BB going into Marv's head. So that was an animated effect. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Interesting. Okay, last two. The scene where Kevin is wading through the neighbor's flooded basement was actually not a set or a house. They set up a high school swimming pool to look like a basement. Yes, I did see that during the production details, and I figured you'd have it in Fun Facts, which is why I left it out. But uh, I could not believe that when I read it. Yeah, they did a great job making it look like a real basement. Yeah, would never have ever guessed that. And my last one is that uh, the majority of John Candy's lines were improvised and he was the only actor allowed to improvise. He was only paid $400 to do the movie and he was doing it as a favor for his friend John Hughes, who, as we said before, it's yes, it's a John movie. Hughes film. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I saw that, too. Um, and the only reason that John Candy was allowed to improvise was because he was doing it as a favor for Hughes. Right. Yeah. So anyways. All right. Sweet. So time for production details. It is. Okay. So principal photography began on February 14th, 1990. The movie was shot in, I'm sorry if I say this wrong, Winnetka, Winnetka. I'm not sure. Uh, It's a town or city in Illinois. Um, Fun fact, pretty much all of John Hughes' other movies were shot here. So like Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 16 Candles, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, and Uncle Buck were also, the, those were all shot in the same town or really? city. Yes. Hmm. Yep. Um, during production of the film, Call Time, uh, which is a movie term, uh, what that means is that everybody who's a part of the production has to be on set at a certain time, like whatever the call time is. So call time during production was 7 a.m., which conflicted with Joe Pesci's morning round of golf. Um, (laughs) Joe did not take kindly to this. So after um, missing a couple rounds of golf, he found the assistant director and took him by the collar and had a stern talking to uh, him. And call time was promptly pushed back from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Originally... The shooting schedule for the film was slated to be six weeks, 
but it later got extended to eight weeks, and because of this, Daniel Stern, who plays Marv in the film, backed out. Um, he, in his, what I read was that he thought he wasn't going to be paid for those extra uh, weeks of shooting, and because of that said, well, I'm not going to do the movie if I'm not going to get paid for the, all the work I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So he was done. When he walked away, he was replaced uh, with Daniel Roebuck, um, which I'm just going to let you all Google him. He's done other movies. The only one that comes to mind off the top of my head is um, U.S. Marshals, which is a very good movie, but I don't know that I would say he plays a comedic character in that. Um, So anyways, um, director Chris Columbus felt that Pesci and Roebuck had no chemistry and uh, Roebuck was fired because of it. Uh, after that happened, Columbus eventually convinced Stern to come back on, and he, as we all know, ended up playing Marv after all. <laughs> Which, again, I mean, I can't see anybody else playing that role. He does such a phenomenal job, and him and Pesci playing off of each other is perfect, and I'm very glad that it worked out the way that it did. Additionally, um, stunts in the film made Chris Columbus very uneasy, as they were all originally supposed to be done with safety harnesses, But due to the nature of the stunts, the harnesses could be seen on camera. Um, Nowadays, you know, we have CGI and we paint paint it out pretty well. Um, But they felt that they were unable to remove them from the shots in camera. So the shots were done without wearing a harness. Um, Columbus said that he couldn't even watch the stunts be performed. He would always just have to look away and pray that nobody got hurt. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I have mad respect for stunt doubles, um, especially the Channel Corridor crew. They have uh, some stunt doubles on staff, and they've done a lot of really cool stuff on their YouTube channel, breaking down down, like how to do stunts and whatnot. Um, It is an art and a craft for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have mad respect for them, and I can't imagine doing any of the scenes in that movie without a safety harness. Mm -hmm. So... It's pretty cool that they did that and there were no recorded injuries outside of Macaulay's finger getting bitten, Mm -hmm. which does not include a safety harness. Right. (laughs) Um, Speaking of stunt doubles, I don't know if he's had this already, so I'm sure I'm sorry if you do. But um, did you know that Macaulay's stunt double was a 30 year old man? Uh, I did not know that. That's (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) Um, Second to last thing I have is that... um, The scene where the McAllisters run through the airport was actually shot at O'Hare International Airport. I've been there. I have not. (laughs) I've only been, well, I mean, I've been to plenty of airports, but flying out, really, I I go to Indianapolis Airport. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, um, it took days to shoot uh, this scene because there was meticulous planning that was required with thousands of extras to ensure that the actors were able to run at full speed without running into anyone. Hmm. And then finally, shooting wrapped on May 8th, 1990. And with that, it is time to rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 100. All right. Well, since this is your favorite Christmas movie, we're tied for your first favorite. I'm very interested to hear what you Yes. Are gonna rate this. I would say it probably is tied for my favorite Christmas movie. That being said, I have not seen It's a Wonderful Life. Spoiler alert, we are going to be covering it in a couple weeks with a guest on the show, so my opinion might change after watching it. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, when I'm recording, 
Elf and Home Alone are probably the two all-time Christmas classics for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to rate it knowing that because like when you say, oh, it's like it's one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. I feel like it prompts a really, really heavy, high rating. Re- exactly. But when I think about this movie, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, it's it's a 98. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, but um, I don't even know if I was going to put it in the 90s, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not for any reason in particular. It's just you got to use the full scale. Right. But um, all things considered, I'm just going to give it an even 90 and be done with it. Okay. I was thinking <laughs> like at 86 or 87. Okay. Yeah. And I, I feel like I was kind of more in that ballpark, like 87, 88. Um, but I'm just, I'm just going to give it a nice round number, 90, um, and, and call it good. All right. And when, honestly, when I think about it, I might rate Elf higher on a scale. I would definitely. Yeah. But anywho, we're not here to talk about Elf. That's in a <laughs> That's few weeks. That's another time. Um, okay. So some of your favorite scenes or likes, dislikes or anything, what do you want to talk about? I'm trying to remember. Usually I type out like a list of my favorite scenes ahead of time and I forgot to do that for this. There was a scene that I like, I was laughing pretty hard at and I can't remember what it was. Do you remember what it was? Um, the only scene I remember you laughing at, I mean, I know you laugh, but like genuinely laugh pretty good at was when... Kevin goes out to the treehouse and uh, he's like, I'm going to call the cops. And Marv was telling, uh, what's Joe Pesci's character's name? Harry. 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 He was telling Harry, he's like, oh, we better get him before he calls the cops. Oh, yes. And he's like, call the cop from a treehouse? Yes. And he like yells at him <laughs> and hits him. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah, that was pretty funny. But I don't know if that's the scene you were thinking of i don't remember honestly but yes that is that is a good one um i'm trying to think here maybe you should go first while i can think how about i will prompt a question that maybe will help get things going okay would you first would you define this movie as a christmas classic yes okay in your opinion what makes this movie a christmas classic honestly when i think of christmas classics i just think of like like I mean, movies that I grew up watching, I guess, like I can't, yeah. I don't know that that would define a movie as a Christmas classic, just movies that I watched, but, um, yeah. it's like, it's an older one and it's one that like you can watch every year and not get sick of it. You yeah. know, I think that's probably the key mm-hmm. because there are other like really good Christmas movies and mind you, like. Most of the time, I would say most people, I have never been in this um, state of mind, but most people will not watch movies in uh, Christmas movies in May. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and I guess I should clarify, uh, meaning that I would never want to watch a, mm-hmm. a Christmas movie in May. Right. But um, anyway, so you're really only watching this one time of year if you're going to watch it. Or, I guess, Christmas movies in general. So, it does help in that sense that, like, oh, it's been a while since I watched it. Let's pop it in again. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is a uh, 
that is probably the heaviest qualifying material for a Christmas classic is if you can watch it year after year mm-hmm. and you want, actually want to watch it year after year and not get tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there are some really good Christmas movies that like are maybe a little bit more dramatic or things like that. Um, not referring to like It's a Wonderful Life or anything because I, I have not seen that. But there are some ones that I can think of that maybe are a little bit weightier that I don't always want to watch mm-hmm. at Christmas time. Um, you know, I, like, have you seen um, Christmas Shoes? Yes. That one I can't watch more than like maybe once every few years because yeah. I mean it's so hard to watch it. Yeah, that's actually a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you know. It's not that it's not a good movie. Right. It's a great movie, but, but it's, it's it's heavy. Exactly. And it's not something that you necessarily want to carry around with Christmas every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes some movies you watch multiple times during the Christmas season. Right. Like we unintentionally watched some of Elf the other day at a Thanksgiving gathering because it was on, it was the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So it was just playing in the background. Um it just like that. Like, I mean, I definitely watched some of it mm-hmm. um, and I have no problem being like, oh, yeah, uh, let's n- watch it again here in a couple weeks. Right. So, um, yeah, I agree. I think rewatchability for sure is huge qualifier. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you think that makes it a cl- classic? Um, I don't know. I think I really do think the rewatchability thing is a huge thing because like, I mean, when I think of Christmas classics, I one think of, you know, like the the stop motion ones, you know, like Santa Claus is coming to town and Rudolph and Frosty and, you know, that kind of. Well, I guess Frosty isn't stop motion, but it's kind of in that wheelhouse. It's not stop motion, but lumped with those. Yes. That era of films. Um, And then, you know, also like a Christmas story. Like that's another right. one I would consider a Christmas classic. I mean, they, they literally air it for 24 hours straight every Christmas, right. you yeah. know, like it's just, um, I think, I think I really think rewatchability is a huge thing. And I think, um, also it's just like it, this movie is just one of those that's just like beloved for so many years. Like it's, it's aged well, you know, yes. um, it's that's, still, that's actually probably a great, uh, qualifying, mm-hmm. uh, or qualifier, I guess, is if it still holds up mm-hmm. and this movie definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Were you going to ask me any other prompting questions? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, hopefully that maybe got your gears going a little bit. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I do, um, I will say I do, um, have one like thing that I don't love about this movie and it's just me because I don't know, I'm just strange, I guess. Okay. Um, I really struggle with the scenes that his whole family is in. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. That was one thing that I kind of wanted to hit on just in the sense that like, I totally understand what the filmmakers were trying to do. Yeah. Just in conveying that, you know, um, the holidays, whether, you know, it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's, you know, whenever these big family gatherings, especially kind of those winter ones where you're all inside, Mm -hmm. because, you know, like Fourth of July or whatever, you might have your family scattered between indoors, outdoors or in the pool, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But when everybody's kind of tight and confined, 
Um, sometimes, hopefully not all the time or at all, but it does happen sometimes um, that emotions can run high, mm-hmm. people can get stressed out, people, you know, kind of uh, just, you know, it, it can be a little dysfunctional. Right. And so I get what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. However, I think that it was taken to an extreme. Mm-hmm. And I do get that, you know, well, it's a comedy, you know, yeah. you, you got to play it up. But even still, like, I almost feel like it's overdone. I would agree. I feel like even like, even though I laugh every time it happens, just because I know it's a movie and I know it's harmless, but like Uncle Frank's like yelling at Kevin, like, look what you did, you, you little, little jerk. jerk. <laughs> like, never what? ever what like i mean kevin's what like 10 in the movie well it said he was in second grade so he would be like eight okay so yeah an eight-year-old like like i can't imagine like genuine like being serious mm-hmm. and meaning it talking to like one of my nieces or nephews and mm-hmm. telling them like look what you did you little jerk <laughs> like and, yeah. and meaning it 100 like that's awful uh-huh um so yes i agree 100 percent, and like i can understand like you know, I have two big brothers and two big sisters. So like the dynamic between him and, uh, what, what's his brother's name? Um, Fuller? Uh, no, 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 no. That's his cousin. Uh, his big brother that's mean to him. Oh, uh, I don't remember. Oh shoot. I used to quote it all the time. Um, Buzz. Buzz is his yes. name. I kept wanting to say Butch and I knew it was wrong. <laughs> it, Buzz, your girlfriend. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> um, anyways, I understand like what they're going for with like the brother dynamic when, you know, you have a brother that's like being kind of like mean, teasing, whatever, mm-hmm. like, and I have great big brothers. If either of you guys are listening, I love you both very much. <laughs> <laughs> and I never felt like you were like Buzz. However, um, I get what they're trying to do. But even that, you know, just, uh, you know, maybe taken to an extreme a little yeah. bit, especially with the cousins. Like, mm-hmm. you're such a disease. Like, yeah, like it's just very hateful. Right. Thing, like genuinely hateful things being said. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I do agree. Yeah. And um, I guess they had done like a test screening of this movie and they had a lot more scenes with the family in it. And the people that watched it responded very negatively. So there was going to be more, but they decided to take a lot of it out and I'm glad they did. They, I mean, the audience just wanted to see more of Kevin and I, I completely agree. So, and I mean, the only thing that I can figure is that, um, when they were making the film, maybe they thought that, man, we really have to make this family hateful towards him Mm -hmm. in order for him to wish that, they're gone exactly that they're gone and he would never see them again like because that's a a pretty far extreme too Mm -hmm. um and on that note just the way that like he talks to his mom and -hmm. his family in general like i I don't know about you guys but i would have gotten soap in the mouth like oh oh, you know and and worse than that um but like it's just totally unacceptable behavior for a child um so seeing that play out on tv or like a movie like you know not not great, I guess. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it is a movie. It's a comedy, whatever. So you can kind of stand back and laugh at it. Yeah. But anywho. Um, okay. So some of my favorite scenes or likes, dislikes, I guess. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I love the scene where 
Um, Kevin is walking home from getting groceries and Harry and Marv almost run over him and he just stares at the van and screams. <laughs> that one makes me laugh every time. I think it's hilarious. Um, oh, I also like now that I'm thinking more. Yeah, I like the the scene where he's like talking to himself in the mirror. I think that's so funny that yeah. he's just like a little man using aftershave and stuff. Yes. Um, and also like the grocery store scene when he's talking to the yeah. clerk and he's like for the kids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'll give him a whirl. <laughs> yes, I agree. I I love those scenes too. I also love Harry and Marv's. Uh, dynamic they play off of each other so well they are so funny Um, I love all the scenes that they're in have no gripes about that Mm -hmm. I specifically love when um, Angels with Filthy Souls plays well when they show up to the house and Kevin plays it and Mm -hmm. throws the firecrackers in the pan just you know when uh, Marv like trips and is screaming and freaking out. Mm-hmm. He jumps in the van and he's like, oh, some guy, they, some people beat us to the job. Some yeah. guy just blew away another guy. His, I know I've heard that name snakes before and snakes. I don't know. No snakes. I don't know. No snakes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, while I'm thinking about it, I would say that's probably another qualifier for this movie being a classic is that it's very quotable. Yes. Like it's easily rememberable. Memorable. Memorable is what I meant to say. Rememberable. <laughs> it's easily memorable for like those uh, good one-liners, I guess. And um, it they're genuinely funny. You don't get tired of them. So that's another thing, just that it's very quotable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but anyways, I love that scene, uh, and when they're kind of freaking out and Kevin plays that. So that's another one. Um, I'm trying to think of what else they, there's a lot of really good ones. Uh, oh, all the scenes with John Candy. Love <laughs> those scenes. I think he, I mean, John Candy's hilarious. Uh, he's done so many funny movies. I, I wish he was still around doing comedies today. Mm-hmm. Um, truly just, you know, somebody who's just naturally funny, just like Steve Martin. I love watching Steve Martin movies because it, he makes it look so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but anywho, I love that John Candy's stuff was pretty much all improvised. Um, and just the idea of like, it's this polka group, like it's so random, like, uh, like he's like offended that she's never heard of him. He's like, uh, polka Kings of the Midwest, you know, <laughs> polka, polka. I, I love that. I also love that, um, when they're driving in the box truck and she's talking about how terrible of a mother she is. This is one of my favorite scenes. Just, uh, it cracks me up because he's talking about like, Oh, you think you're bad and goes through this list of how awful they are. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, but tell me, have you ever left a kid alone? Uh, when you went on vacation or something, and he's he like, talks about leaving his kid yeah. at a funeral. He's like, no, no, I didn't. But I did leave my, my kid in a funeral parlor <laughs> all day. One time, uh, my wife and I, we finally came to our senses. We came back and got him, and, uh, it had just been him and the corpse and uh, all day together. And, uh, but, you know, he, he came around to his senses. He started talking again after about six, seven weeks. <laughs> Kids are resilient like that. <laughs> uh, that that one cracks me up every time. Um, and just John Candy's delivery is perfect. It's so, like, nonchalant, but still maintaining that comedic vein. Mm-hmm. Like, genius. Yeah. I also like, I mean, this this one I didn't like because, like, it was funny or anything. But I... I appreciate um, 
Kevin's relationship with the what's his face? The old man. Um, yeah. It's old man Murray or it's it starts with an M. I, I can't yeah, remember. I can't for remember. Sure. But I really. um, Well, like when he first like encounters him, you know, in like screams. That's Marley. Funny. Marley. Old man Marley. Um, But I, I really like the scene where they're like in the church and talking and, you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I also I mean, at the end when. Um, Kevin looks out the window and sees him hugging his son and granddaughter yeah. that like he hadn't talked to in however long. Like, yes, I it it honestly makes me tear up a little bit like yeah. seeing that. But um, me too. Yeah, I like I like all the scenes with him in it, too. Me too. I love the scene where they're talking at the church and he's like, yeah, uh, I got a I got a sweater with something knitted on it. I don't remember what he says. Uh, I think he said a bird. Yes, uh, I think you're a right. A sweater with a bird knitted on it. And old man Marley's like, oh, that's nice. He's like, not for a kid in the second grade. Yeah. You get beat up for wearing something like that. There was a rumor about a kid who wore... Uh, dinosaur pajamas. Uh, that he wore dinosaur pajamas and he got pounded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a good one too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think this movie's chock full of scenes that are like that, mm-hmm. that never cease to make me laugh no matter how many times I've seen this movie. And uh, I think I kind of hit on this in the intro a little bit, but I have seen this movie a bunch of times. Um, I I had seen it prior to this, but about 10 years ago, give or take, maybe like 12 or so, I don't remember. But um, my family started a tradition of watching this movie every night before uh, Christmas. So we watched it on Christmas Eve as a family after the kids had gone to bed. Um, we'd stay up and watch it and it usually, you know, would go until about midnight, get, um, depending on when the kids went down and whatnot. Um, but it just, this movie holds a lot of sentimental value for me having watched it every year on Christmas Eve. Um, and I have seen it a bunch of times and it's still, I have no issue watching it or feeling like, man, you know, I need a break or I don't want to watch it this year or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it's still always very funny to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been a part of that. Even before we got married, you had watched it with my family and I mm-hmm. as a part of that tradition. I did. It's a good one. It is. Okay. Well, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to touch on. Is there anything that comes to your mind as far as things you want to touch on? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I think we hit on pretty much everything, so that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. Thank you guys for joining us. If you liked what you heard, give us a thumbs up or give us a five-star review on Spotify. It does go a long way. Um, Next week, we are going to be covering a movie that is surrounded by a lot of controversy at Christmas time. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of talk about it. Um, I will preface this that Emily and I have not seen this movie. We are watching this movie strictly because of the controversy that surrounds it. And I will put an asterisk out there that it is rated R. And my understanding is that there is mature content in it. So I am not recommending that you go and watch this movie. There is language in it as well as uh, other things that probably aren't suitable for children or, you know, maybe not suitable at all. But um, we are going to watch it to cover the topic of controversy of whether or not Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie. Yes. Um, 
Is it or is it not? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to talk about it next week. Emily, do you know, is it streaming anywhere for our viewers? That is a great question. I have no idea. Okay. Let's see. We can look it up real quick and find out. Hulu. Okay. So if you want to watch it ahead of time, it is streaming on Hulu. Um, It is also streaming on Tubi. Yes. Um, I think it's actually on YouTube for free as well. Looks like it. Yep. So, anywho, if you want to check it out um, and let us know if you think it's a Christmas movie, go ahead. Just be forewarned that it is, there is mature content in there and we are not recommending it. We are going to review it, though. Yes. And we will decide if it is a Christmas movie or if it is not. Yes. But, anywho, we hope you guys have fun um, prepping for Christmas. Um, this is the most wonderful time of the year, my favorite time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... We hope you have a great week. Love you guys. Stay safe. All right. See you next week. Bye.